Hey, in this podcast, we talk about the show Hey Dude, which ran from 1989 to 1991 on Nickelodeon. It's a great show, and if you want to watch it along with us while we discuss it, you can find it on Paramount Plus or get it on Amazon or iTunes or wherever, I think, now. Probably still on VHS somewhere. You don't have to watch along with us, but it's a lot of fun if you do. Also, sometimes we say some naughty words on this podcast, so audience discretion is advised. Now this crappy rosé is starting to get to me. Oh, I wish I had some. I don't, though. Well, welcome to Yay Dude. <laughs> it's a Hey Dude rewatch podcast with your hosts, me, Jess, and you, T. Yay. Dude, dude. Ah! <laughs> uh, so we're in season three now, episode yeah. two. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? No, cannot. Like... I just want to, we're entering the era of Tedless episodes. This one just gave us a little taste. I wish I had known that when I had said he leaves an episode, he like episode three is his last episode. Jess, I didn't know that episode two was also going to be Tedless. Yeah. I was really sad without him. This episode was lackluster and the replacement man that was brought in was no ted oh you mean the the guest that was an asshole yeah well no he definitely wasn't supposed to be a ted no but he was a replacement male young man for melody who is cute was he cute his hair was so flowy and in the wind in this one it really joseph romanoff of the three kings and life form. Oh. He's did you did you know? Did you know that Joseph Romanoff is still acting in Tucson? And also he's a realtor. Ooh. Yeah. Good for him. He does ha- have realtor. He looks like a realtor. Also, also, he was 24 when this episode was filmed. Yeah, he seemed a little older. Yeah. I'm surprised to hear that actually. He Played a sullen teen pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sullen jerk face teen. Well, we've talked about that before, that it was actually kind of odd. Like, it was interesting that this show actually used real teens because so often they don't. Like, so often it's people in their 20s. But I'm wondering now if these aired out of order, if they, Mm. You know, filmed the last Ted episode, which is the one that's forthcoming next next week, the episode three. If they filmed that one before they filmed this one and Ted was actually David Lasher was actually already gone. I wonder. Well, that seems possible. Yeah. Why? Why Judy Spencer? She wrote this one, right? I think so. Yeah. Why would you keep Ted out if you had him? Right. (laughs) This episode was called Hey Cinderella. Can I read you the synopsis? Please. When a handsome guest visits the bar nun, Melody pretends to be something she's not. Brad. Yes, she did. Yeah. Should we jump right in? Yeah. And then uh, I have, and this is, it might not be very good this time around, but I have a, I think it will be at some point, but I do have a little new segment. Do you want to do it now? Well, let, let me introduce it here when... When I got the inspiration for it. So let's okay. let's start the episode. 
Uh, hey, Cinderella. Well, right off the bat, we have uh, Mr. E and Danny hanging a sign and Danny's skeptical about it. And then the girls walk up and Buddy's telling them about Spider-Man's wife for some reason. So the sign that these that they're hanging is for the Hilliards, who are very important people who might be holding a luncheon for the daughters of the pioneers of the Eastern States. And you know what that spells? I do. With yes. you do an acronym? I, I do. That acronym is what is when they step back and look at the sign, what it says very large. Welcome, mm-hmm. dopes. Yeah. yeah. Can I take you to the etymology corral? I knew it. I was hoping that you would, so I didn't look at all. Yes, please. All right. So the word dope comes from Dutch uh, dupe. D-O-O-P. I'm sure that's how it's pronounced. As of 1807, it meant sauce or gravy or oh, thick liquid. Not what I thought you would say. Yeah. That, so that's the, in, in Dutch, it means it's a thick dipping sauce. And you know what, uh, what, what else is a thick dipping sauce? Mm, maple syrup? Opium. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Uh, and in the Victorian era, opium was a hot drug for, <laughs> for cool gals. <laughs> cool swooners. <laughs> you would have it in your cough syrup and you would have it in your just everything. And it was really good for women who were hysterical, obviously. You, which means that their uterus was wandering freely around their torso. Yeah, that's what Mm -hmm. hysteria is. It's when your uterus comes loose. (laughs) That's what they thought it was. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. (laughs) Damn hysterical woman. They had all of the correct thinkings. They definitely knew what they were doing medically back then. Absolutely. That's when we started calling drugs dope. (gasps) And then, but it also came to be known as a foolish person you know Mm -hmm. like they're using it here Mm -hmm. in this show for humor and i think that that that's sort of like they thick-headed like soup-headed like that's sort of the 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 way it got introduced into language okay interesting a a dope his head is full of thick dipping sauce um (laughs) one is super wild (laughs) This is one of those where it's like, wow, yeah, language does evolve. That's crazy. But, you know, the phrases like the straight dope. So that usage was from the early 1900s. So it kind of means inside information. Mm -hmm. That was, you know, which horse got the drugs before the race. Oh. Yeah. Then. Wow, this is a multifaceted word. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was in the 1980s when it came to mean excellent, great and impressive. Um the first time it's recorded in rap history is um Jay Spicer's Sp- Spice I don't know. Money. Oh, no yeah, money is the name of the song. And they think that's uh due to the linguistic process of inversion where like, you know, people Say bad to mean good. Mm. Like when my son tells me, good job parking, mom, when he means I didn't do a good job parking. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's it. it. That's inversion for sure. <laughs> Got it. Uh, so that's your little history of dope. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is it weird or bad if I write on the back of your segment, try out a new segment? Let's do it. Let's okay. have a segment off. It's not that good. This segment is definitely not Everybody private. call in and vote with your vote. <laughs> okay. So I was like, what do I like to do? I like to get down internet black holes. And yeah. usually that's through the medium of Wikipedia. So I thought of a little segment called WikiTIIA. <laughs> that's a great title. Thank you. The title is better than the segment, but uh, it was this scene where I kind of thought I would launch into some Wikipedia-ing uh, because I think the idea of these dopes, the daughters of the pioneers of the Eastern states, states <laughs> is I think it's supposed to sort of be a group like the daughters of the American Revolution. Right, which I have historical ties to. No way, you never joined myself. You're a dar. It turns out. Okay, well, good for you. I am not. Thank (laughs) you. So it's a it's a lineage based group, right? Like, yeah, you can't be in it unless you can tie yourself back through history to somebody who was part of this Mm -hmm. this um, group of people. Yeah, which is inherently. Pretty privileged and snobby, um, snobby, and that's the vibe that you, we will definitely get from these these women in in this episode and the young man who comes along with. But also, just in terms of like, you know, a lot of people don't have the privilege of knowing their lineage, right? Mm-hmm. And especially the uh, American Revolution and early history of the United States. Like, oh, there are a lot of people who kind of helped this country come to be that don't have the um, luxury of knowing. Their lineage. But mm-hmm. um, so what I did as I started Googling Daughters of the American Revolution, I got on Wikipedia and I was reading about it and I was like, well, this isn't that interesting. So then I was like, well, what else could I Google about? And I was like, well, this episode aired on a Friday the 13th. Maybe I could get on Wikipedia about Friday Ooh. the 13th. And guess what? That wasn't that interesting either. <laughs> So then I was like, well, maybe I should just get away from the wiki idea and I should just just go Google what happened on April 13th, 1990. And guess what? What? Super boring day in American history. (laughs) Or world history. Can you name one thing that happened? I can. Okay. Green Day released Uh their first album. So that's kind of something, I guess. That's not nothing. But then when you like read about the album, they're like, and it was okay. (laughs) So then I went back to Wikipedia and I got back on the American Daughters of the American Revolution. I was like, there's got to be something here. So I went through the list. This is going to be a really long segment. I love it. I went through the list of Daughters of the American Revolution and I found out that Carol Burnett (laughs) is a daughter of the American Revolution. And I found out a really interesting fact about Carol Burnett. Which is that <laughs> when she was little, they were very poor and they lived in like a kind of a boarding house. When she was little, she made up an imaginary sister and then she would try to trick the people at the boarding house by running into her room, quickly changing her clothes and then coming back uh-huh. out and pretending she was the other one, that it was her twin sister. 
which is so cute. Her name was her name was Karen. And then she got bored of her. So Karen disappeared. That's a real start to an acting career. Then I also thought, well, that's not that interesting. <laughs> it was a fact. <laughs> it was a fact. So then I was like, okay, scratch this. We're going to have to Wikipedia gross point. And um, as we will hear, when Melody, and we heard in the synops- mm-hmm. synopsis, Melody pretends she's Brad. So Melody snoops a little bit and asks Brad questions about uh, Gross Point and where she went to school. And I did find that there actually is mm-hmm. a pretty prestigious private school in Gross Point. Now I have mm-hmm. to find it again. It's called the Le- Leggett uh-huh. School? Leggett? Leggett. Leggett? Are you sure? Is that right? No. Okay. No, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Have you heard of it? Um, I do feel like my cousin's husband went there. Really? If it's not an all-girls school. It is not. It is a private, independent, secular school in Gross Point Woods, Michigan. It was founded in 1878. It's the oldest independent co-educational day school. So it's not even a boarding school, I don't think. But it is pretty prestigious. And then that's where I found out some notable alumni. Gilda Radner went there. Whoa. (laughs) So then what happened? (laughs) I started reading about Gilda Radner. And I'll tell you what. I'm going to buy, or um, at least from the library, try to get her autobiography. Because she was fascinating. Let's have a book club. I've been wanting to read that Mm -hmm. as well. Yes. Anyway, she sadly passed away of ovarian cancer. But everything about her sounds amazing. And um, so she probably went to, I guess, she's classmates of Brad's. Is the moral of the story. Pretty much, huh? There you go. And to tie it back, Jess, she was also a young Jewish woman. (laughs) (laughs) like you that was really a segment that you did so wiki taia gilda radner there you go friday the 13th and Mm -hmm. the dars (laughs) and carol burnett and her secret joke i love it (laughs) um i was just lamenting that with a friend of mine that there aren't more shows that are um (laughs) boring (laughs) (laughs) she sent me a link to the shipping news which (gasps) is amazing for falling asleep okay (laughs) and we were talking about like what the ideal content like people reading to you things before you fall asleep in a sweet dull way and but yours was not dull well thank you but it was i mean it wasn't it wasn't thrilling (laughs) But it certainly was a was a romp. It had a certain way about it, which is just a meandering <laughs> through someone's consciousness. Yeah. You just made me want to give a, a shout out to Justin McElroy. Wikipedia. Yes, yeah, Wikipedia. <laughs> thank you. Sorry. But Good. the Empty Bowl podcast, if you have not listened to it, is fantastic. It's similar. It's just lovely. Mm-hmm. It's just these two wonderful people talking about cereal. It's a meditative yeah. podcast about cereal, but I fall asleep to that one really easily. Dan Gobert and Justin McElroy, and um, it is one of the most wonderful things that exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three cheers to them. Yeah. Do you listen to it? Mm-hmm. Mm, so good. I do. Yeah. 
gets me hyped about cereal, though, and then I can't sleep. (laughs) Can I tell you about a man who used to live in a basement of a house that I used to live in? Um, His name was Kashi. He had a big meth hobby. He was super nice. I mean, he only broke into my car a couple of times. He would always leave something in exchange (laughs) for whatever he took. (laughs) And I only found um, machetes in the backyard a couple of times. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Can I say his name was Kashi? Absolutely. Or is he going to get in trouble with the police? I don't think so. Because <laughs> all the police that listen to gay dudes. <laughs> so this might be a good time to interject and say that this episode was not good and we're avoiding talking about it. Let's talk about a little bit of it. So post credits, Melody is super excited because the Hilliers are coming and Brad tells her all about the youngest male Hilliard, whose name is Richard, as played by Joseph Romanoff, and her history with him, wherein he was a little brat who puked on her chauffeur. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> Brad has a history with him. Yes, Melody is very excited to meet him because he's probably going to be super hot. Melody has yeah. such an obsession with boys. He's boy crazy. Hormone alert. Hormone alert. Look at this boy <laughs> in the background. Did you see? Yeah, I don't know who that boy is. Do you know who that boy is? Brandon thought it was of the guy. Uh, it's oh. not. It's not. But <laughs> no. it's. it looked briefly like him and also a little bit like Ted. So it's like kind of a mix of Ted and the guy in this episode. You're not wrong. Mm-mm. So then they're talking and basically Brad says he's the worst, right? And then Melody, they, mm-hmm. I guess they have to leave. And it's like really important, but Melody can't find her earrings. So Brad basically forces her to wear her family heirlooms. Yeah. And... Melody forgets her name tag and runs out and promptly loses the earring. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming. No, I think I gasped uh, quite a bit. I do not come from a family like a daughter of a pioneer of a eastern state. And I don't come from a family of uh, any sort of fancy lineage. So the idea of having jewelry that is a family heirloom is very strange to me. but I. It's maybe it's not so odd to you as you're a dar, Jess. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just I know that that you know you've worked in in antiques and also I work you, in estate jewelry, right? Mm-hmm. You understand that there are such yeah. things as heirlooms. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you would lend to Melody? Not one bit. No, nope. that seems very dumb, of Brad. Yeah, so dumb. Even Melody thought it was dumb. Yeah. Can we talk about the next scene and the woman's hair? When you're ready? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Is there a name for that kind of hairstyle? Um, Looks like a serving platter on her head, kind of. It, that's just like a... It, it looks very much like a Gibson girl, sort of pompadour. It is very pompadour, and it looks, I think, like she has a bunch cake pan on her head. Yeah. I wonder what device they used to crown her like that. Yes, it does. It looks like some sort of pastry, like a baked good of some kind. Mm -hmm. It's not attractive. No, neither is her silk taupe dress. No. Is that color taupe? I have never in my life learned what taupe is. I think that's taupe. 
Yeah, that feels like what taupe is. It also took me about 38 and a half years to learn about chartreuse and what it really was. Uh, you know chartreuse is part of the whole Mandela effect thing. That we like, all think it's like a mauve. Yeah. Wait, no. Yeah. Because it's not. It's green, right? It's green. But we all think it's like a mauve brownish color, yeah. right? Yeah. What are we supposed to think it is? Because So I, chartreuse and puce. Mm. Puce is the one that I get fucked up on every time. <laughs> I don't even, I all I know is that sounds like puke. So I think of it as an ugly brown color, but what is it really? It's the mauve that you uh, speak of that you think chartreuse is. Mauve? Mauve? I'm pretty sure that there's no correct way to say that word. <laughs> I'm cutting that whole part out because I don't want to be the idiot again. Except for that one time that I heard a guy call it meow. <laughs> Which is what the kitty cats wear. <laughs> they wear meow every day. We have gotten nowhere fast. Now we see Richard. Yeah. Oh, Who? oh, the lady with the bunt cake hair. That mm-hmm. she's talking to Mr. Ernst, and she's the main daughter of the pioneers. And sh- and Mr. Ernst is trying you can to convince say it. her. You can say the main dope. She's the main dope. She's the head dope. And Mr. Ernst is trying to schmooze her and impress her because he wants them to hold their little event here. Yeah. And that's the big thing here is Mr. Ernst kind of trying to impress her. Yeah. And then her son, Richard, is leaning Mm -hmm. on a tree. And we see him just like she calls him over and he's like, just a minute. And then he has to sulk. <laughs> and then he has to wear a mock turtleneck and a sweater in the yeah. desert. God, I want that cardigan, though. In the Tucson. I implore you, like, please, wear, try that outfit out when we go on our free trip to Tucson and see how that feels. <laughs> I will. I will cosplay as Richard. <laughs> Richard Hilliard. <laughs> They're filming this in the summer, right? Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, she's all, Melody gets dressed up in a cardigan later, and cardigan in shorts. Because cardigan means rich. We all know if you can wear a cardigan, you have money. Shorthand. Yeah. Is he on the love swing right now? You know, I don't know if he's on the love, I guess that's the love swing, isn't it? I think it's the love swing. Yeah, which gets alluded to later when he writes a note asking uh, the girl from Gross Point to meet him on the love swing. Which I guess is the love swing because it's where they first fell in love. They fell in love. Is Richard helps. Yeah, Richard helps Melody find her. Oh, who's this girl? Yeah, Becky. Becky. I. It just happened. I was watching them on the love swing, and then this like young younger staff member shows up. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Richard helps Melody find her earring that she inevitably lost. And then they fall in love, and she somehow manages to imply that her mother isn't a dope. She's more of a dip, but that joke, uh, he's like, she's the daughter of an industrial prince. What's an industrial prince? <laughs> what do you think? Um, is it like Elon Musk? Yeah, that sounds right. Elon Musk basically just did a giant firework today. Guess what? What? Richard? Is a dick. 
<laughs> more like Richard Buttface. Well, but he's he is a he's a dick. He's yeah, real mean to Danny. But also, isn't that short for Richard? Yeah. yeah. Oh, good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a dick, and he is. He's mean to Danny because Danny is obviously hired help. He has a name tag on. It all comes down to the name tag, Jess. If she had yeah. remembered her name tag, he wouldn't have had the time of day for Melody. I feel like he calls him boy. Because he wants him to get him ice. Yeah. And there's an ice machine right outside of his room. He's He calls him that boy later. That boy, yeah. No, he just looks at his name tag and says, meh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they have a very stupid mid-atlantic accent mm-hmm. that i love it re- there were a couple times when richard sounded just like zoolander oh. and it made me wonder how much of zoolander was based on oh. richard Hilliard. do you think it's why christine taylor fell in love with ben stiller because he was probably practicing his future zoolander voice and she's like oh it's like richard all over again you know, she has some really good sparkle eyes about she's Richard. She's so like, good at pretending she's in love. Yeah, the crushing that this young woman does is she crushes it. She crushes it at crushing. Yeah. She is sitting on a fence, though. Yeah. Is she, a, is she on a saddle on the fence? She is. That's a good look. Sitting on a fence on a saddle. Yes. And she's writing notes on her hand here because she's talking to Brad and trying yeah. to get info. She's, this is like a, what, what is it? Is it single white female where the one lady takes the identity of the other lady? Because she's it, crazy. Melody is trying to steal Brad's identity. Yeah. And it's wild. <laughs> she is not being subtle. And Brad's just giving up all the info. Yeah. She went to the Clarewood School, an equestrian school, and the Madison School. Yeah, and then they went to Switzerland for a ski weekend. A weekend? Yeah. <laughs> From Gross Point, Michigan. Just, Just a quick, a quick little trip. weekend. Yeah. And then Buddy Power clashes like nobody's business. Yeah, he really does. His hat and his off-the-shoulder <laughs> little t-shirt. This is the most Buddy has ever reminded me of my own child, and I'm loving it. Look at him. How do you, how is this Sam's look? Sam picks out his own clothes every day. Great. Good. So you don't text me pictures of him nearly enough. All right, I will. I will start. The other day, for instance, this is for a Halloween t-shirt with bats on it. That's too big. And it looked great. And it looked great, especially because it was orange and pretty sure his shorts were red. And then he wore two different Spider-Man socks. Great. Looked really good. Yeah, that's kind of the equivalent of this buddy look, which is, um, how would you describe that hat? Like prismatic? Lisa Frank? (laughs) But also (laughs) like a painter from the 80s? Yeah. But like a painter... Who also has a is a train enthusiast. Yes. Yeah. And then his shirt has like vaguely Ninja Turtles vibes with that pink and green. And then also like he he pulled it off of the hanger 
the wrong way that you're not supposed to, and it stretched the neck really a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's really starting to look like a little young man, though. He so does. they have to like dress him as a child. Yeah. Better. Like that must be what's going on, right? It's a good point. And actually, my child recognized it. He said, Buddy looks older. Yeah. So, and here's another thing is that Danny's got a new hat. Yeah. What the fuck, Danny? I miss his like woven hat. It's like wicker mesh hat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wicker mesh sounds like the most uncomfortable hat in the world. <laughs> yeah. Now he's like almost got like a miniature Mr. Ernst style um, hat. It's not nearly as phallic. Yeah. Um, is is this scene Danny telling Brad what a dick Richard is and Buddy's yeah. just there? Okay. Yeah. All right. But then guess what? It's rowboat season. Yeah, they do a nice uh, little transition. I like the transition best of all. Brad goes and dunks her bucket in the trough and then that splashes and there's a splash of the oar in the lake. And it's cute. Okay. This though, speaking of cinematography. This whole scene on the rowboat with the how they must have had the camera like literally in mm-hmm. each of their faces and filmed mm-hmm. them separately. And mm-hmm. they like as though they're gazing into each other's eyes, except mm-hmm. for it's the camera. Yes. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Because they're really in the rowboat. That's how you know they're falling in love. Yeah. So it is clear there are two people in this rowboat. One of them is a teen, and the other one is the camera person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Christine Taylor, or what's the other guy's name? Mr. Uh, Joseph uh, Romanoff. Joseph Romanoff or Christine Taylor, if either of you are listening, could you please email us at yaydudecast and let us know how uncomfortable filming that was? You both did a fantastic job. You both look Mm -hmm. utterly in love. Yeah. But you were definitely just sitting across very closely from your camera operator. Yeah. But nice, nice work. They are falling in love as as Melody lies about her life. And Richard just really does a great job. Uh, You know, I was about to call him a Ponce, but I'm not sure if I know what that means. Ponce de Leon. Looks like a Ponce de Leon. Oh, nope. Uh, so in British, it either means pimp or gay man. It looks like a British pimp. So I don't think that's the word that I want to use. Beep, boop, beep. His hair is so sleek in this next scene. Mm-hmm. But only in the back. I just want to acknowledge, like, she looks so sweet lying through her teeth. And she is just being so devious, and it's really wild. Yes. She looks adorable. I give Ted so much shit about being a devious asshole, but Melody's really being a devious little jerk right now. I think what sucks right here is that she's not lying about, okay, yeah, sure, you lie You lie about who you are. She's stealing from Brad's life. It's yeah. weird. It's just really weird how intentionally she like went 
up to Brad, stole all the information about her life and spouts it off as if it's her own. And like while wearing Brad's clothes. Yeah. It's yeah. Brad is real cool about it. It, it, Can you imagine? Okay. Remember, they're best friends. Sure. Whatnot. But they've known each other a couple of months at most at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to take you back to, let's say, October of 2002. When we were just new roommates who were still, like, trying to figure out how to be people. Yeah. But I think we were, at that point, had had our conversation where we were like, are we best friends? Yeah. And we said yes. Um, (laughs) But can you imagine if one day you found out that I had been... Taking notes on your life. I've been reading your live <laughs> journal. And then I had taken your clothes and put them on and gone and told some man on campus that your live journal was my live journal and I'm wearing your clothes. Like, I don't care if we had had the discussion about being best friends. I think you would maybe be a little uncomfortable with that. That's a major violation. Yeah. That makes you like a weird kid. With major issues. I've thought about this before. Is Melody a weird kid? She certainly doesn't present that way. Mm -mm. She might be, though. She might be. Well, I'll keep you updated on the um, WK-ness. My mom used to be a teacher. (laughs) (laughs) In the notes that they would pass to uh, the next teacher, um, the shorthand for weird kid was WK. (gasps) <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Yeah. They were always I always my the WKs were always my favorite students. Oh yeah, for sure. The best I would imagine your mom liked them as well. Yeah. But you do need some shorthand. <laughs> you definitely need to like alert somebody if you're gonna yeah. deal with a WK. Okay. So wow, we're only halfway. Okay. And we missed my favorite line, which is uh, in when Brad, when Melody's doing the uh, reconnaissance on what Brad knows, who Brad is. Uh, Brad says, um, I can say my name in seven languages. Yeah, I liked that a lot. That was funny. <laughs> I thought that was a very good. That was funny. Uh, but this is another good line. Brad, uh, Mr. Ernst and Edith is uh, Mrs. Hilliard's name. And um, she's demanding cracked crab for the menu. Mm-hmm. And he pretty much just calls her a cracked crab. <laughs> and I like that. I found this odd that like Buddy had to keep showing Mr. Ernst the budget. And was like, we can't yeah. do that. We can't afford that. Why don't you make Edith pay for it? Right. And also, how does Buddy have that knowledge at his fingertips? I don't know. This is before you could just put something in your phone and see what the internet told you. But, but yeah. like, yeah. So it's more expensive. That's good for you, Mr. Ernst. You get to charge her more. You Yeah. You're not paying her to stay here, are you? Because this is, he's not good at business. No, Mr. E. Come on. But Richard did, while Mr. E was talking to Edith, Richard came up with Melody. And Mm -hmm. uh, Edith thinks, it got got a little, Melody had to run away. Run. Because Mr. Ernst was about to say, that's not Melody from Gross Point. That's Melody from Poor People Store. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So. (laughs) I really like that. Yeah. 
So she runs away before Mr. Ernst can tell everybody. Tell everybody that she works there. Fucking, hey, Christine Taylor, you have beautiful hair. So pretty. She's got a pink cardigan wrapped around her shoulders and a pink headband and a little shirt and shorts thing. I just don't understand how you can be a swimmer and that those have to be, you have to have extensions like clip-ins in that hair. It's so luxurious. Okay. It's so luxurious. Anyway, she runs away and Richard and his mom are like, oh, yes, she's from fine stock. <laughs> yes, obviously a girl of breeding. Gross. So then Richard gives a note to Danny to give to the girl from Gross Point. Yeah. To say, meet me by the love swing. And you can imagine who Danny gives it to. Yeah. He the girl gives from it to Gross Brad, Point. who is the girl from Gross Point. Right. And so then we skip ahead and Brad goes ahead and meets Richard at the love swing. And Richard is indignant. How could Rich- she possibly be from Gross Point? Yeah. Okay. Is and- Gross Point a very fancy place? Yeah. Is it? It's pretty fancy. It's like neat. the people I've met from there have been fancy people. I know very little about Gross Point, but I know people from Michigan and they're all very down to earth. Do you want to finish this bad boy? Yeah. Okay. I guess. So, oh my Gross- God, we have so much left to go. <laughs> no, let's just skip. Gross Point Brad meets Mid Atlantic Richard. So she meets Richard at the love swing and he's like, you can't be. Possibly the girl from Gross Point. She's so cultured and she's like champagne and caviar and Rolls and Royce. And that they belong together. And guess what? Mm-hmm. What? I don't remember what happens next. So then Brad's like, I don't know her. And she goes back to her bunk and confronts Melody. Who's wearing her like, clothes again. Yeah. Melody is about to prance off and Brad confronts her and Melody can't really explain. So Brad knows that Melody's lying and using her history. All she wants is Richard. Yeah, she just wants him to love her. And he's only there for one more day. He's only there. And and you know what? If he really likes you, Melody, he's going to like you for you. Right? That's what Brad says. Mm-hmm. And I think, do you think Brad knows that he won't love her for her? So Brad doesn't know him now, though she got a little run in with him a few minutes ago. So I think okay. she has every reason to believe that he's still a dick because also he's been a dick to Danny and they talked about it. So I think, uh-huh. yes. And I, but I don't, I don't feel like Brad's like setting her up to be hurt here. I think she's just like, All right, go see, you know? Yeah. Melody says something interesting to Brad, though. Don't you ever lie to impress a guy? Hi, Melody. I haven't lied to impress a guy since college. I don't (laughs) think I've impressed a guy since college. Yeah, I never succeeded in impressing. (laughs) And I'll have to ask my husband if I ever impressed him. I don't think so. Oh, no, I did. One time we went bowling and I got a turkey. Ooh, that's Which I awesome. never do. But that wasn't lying. That was he watched me bowl the ball. Yeah. But it was it was similarly um a fictitious representation of myself because I bowled the mm-hmm. other day and I got like a 60. 
That's not as good. No. Buddy and Mr. Ernst try and sell Edith on um, a faux crab, and Edith drags Mr. E away, and he is like a big child, and Melody finds Richard and is going to have the talk with him. And it's convoluted. She takes like forever trying to get to it. And then she comes clean. And well, because he... Danny doesn't Danny come up and she can see him being a jerk to Danny. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I don't I think she's still like fine with it, even though he's a jerk to her friend. Yeah. She eventually comes clean to him that she's the lifeguard. And he's like, are you joking? Ugh, that's so gross. Basically, yeah. she's like, I'm not even from Gross Point. Brad is. I just wanted to impress you. He's like, basically, ew. Uh-huh. You're an employee. You're just after my money. Gross. And then he tells her to clean his room. And then he wants to hook up with Brad. Yeah. Everybody's on cleaning duty. Even Buddy. And Mr. Richard Hilliard comes and approaches Brad and um, asks for her hand in marriage, essentially. And she says, screw off. By hand in marriage, I mean, he hands her his phone number. Yes, which he seems to always have at the ready. He just has it available again later. Brad makes Melody feel better, though, too, because she's like, you know how he got rich? Toilet paper. What I love, though, here, there t- I have two mental notes. There's yeah. some man packing the trunk, and they're like, make uh-huh. sure he packs the trunk right. And I'm like, there were two bags, so probably yeah. he will. <laughs> probably. probably. It'll probably go fine. And then number two is that Edith is about to kind of sign a contract here with uh, Mr. Ernst. She's been convinced to have this thing here. And then Edith says something about, Get rid of these gross teenagers before we come back. Horrid little teenagers. Mm -hmm. And then Melody and Brad do a cool arm cross. And Mr. Ernst Uh is like, you fucking bitch. Yeah, pretty much. And then he cuts her. (laughs) 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 He rips the contract in half. Oh, yeah. And like bullies her into her car. That's right. He ripped the contract in half. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't cut her and cut he did her. not call her a fucking bitch. Um, <laughs> but while all that's been going down, the Danny's been putting toilet paper in the trunk and, the, and then he puts his foot on the end of the toilet paper and then all of the toilet paper is streaming through the ranch that they still have to clean up after. <laughs> I asked, because uh, I thought that was pretty bad prank. This seemed dumb to me, because they wouldn't even be able to notice it. Right? They're in yeah. the car. You can't usually, I can't see directly behind my car when I'm sitting in the back seat of it. Can no. no, that's not a thing. Mostly it just seems like they're going to have to go pick up the toilet paper afterwards. But I asked Brandon if he thought that was a good prank, and he said yes. Oh. What did you think? I did not think it was a great prank. Okay. Agree. I do want to give some credit to Ms. Uh, Glenda Erzin. Is that Edith? Um, Yeah, who played Edith Hilliard. I thought she did a fine job at snobbing it up. did. She was very snobby. 
And both she and um, Joseph are just our local Tucson actors. That's what I read. This one was written by Judy Spencer, story editor Graham Yost, and the executive script consultant was Stephen Roth. So that's all good. So all of the scripts are written by freelance writers. Mm -hmm. I want to know Graham Yost's actual part in this, which is that he probably had a pretty heavy hand in it. I think he was the guy living on the set this season. So he would like rewrite stuff and make it make sense in the space. Yeah. And that's why they had that scene where they had to jump the bus over the cactus. What? Yes. (laughs) As we all remember. (laughs) Yeah. How many horseshoes are you going to give it? Um, I give it three. Mm -hmm. It was my least favorite one so far. How about you? Um, yes. I will. I'll, I'll give it three and a half. Okay. Three and a half is what my heart says. Okay. Pressure is on. Jonathan Galkin. Is that how you say his last name? Galkin, Galkin. Pressure is on, dear Jonathan, because <laughs> this <laughs> one was hard without Ted. Yeah. So in two episodes, we're going to meet Jake. And uh, he better bring it. That's all I got to say. You know, I think that it might have gone better if any of the kids had been ally. I mean, like Danny had such a minor role. Mm-hmm. But like the fact that the the, the girls were feuding and mm-hmm. like the it it just felt yucky. What if they had? Yeah. Like, how could they have fixed this? Like if they they had saved some time, more like, snakes. Yes, more snakes. <laughs> Joe Torres goes home and he's like, "How about this one? How about this? Hey, Judy, <laughs> you need a snake in this one? We don't have Ted. Do you need a snake?" Um, <laughs> I really like that story in my head. I think, like, if they had done some sort of better get back that was specifically aimed at Richard, that wasn't just toilet paper on the car, but it was like dropping him. Yeah. Something. Give him some comeuppance, right? Mm-hmm. That would have yeah. felt better. I don't know. I don't know what what it needed, but it, it wasn't what it had. Yeah, I wanted some actual resolution between Melody and Brad, because that's a major rift in their friendship that we're just going to probably ride over in the next episode. Well, because I feel like Brad just kind of rode over it. Like, yeah. I, I think she should have been more upset. I don't remember this one Mm-mm. from being a kid, so I don't. I don't know. Uh, where do you think Joe Torres is? Joe Torres watch? Mm, I wonder if he, like, got super wealthy and moved to Gross Point or, Ooh. like, to the mid-Atlantic and got a fancy accent and, like, Ooh. um, is, like, snobbing it up. Ooh, that's like that one. Too cool for the internet because, like, he has too much money. Yeah. And he put his hair into a bunk cake. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I bet his hair would look good in a bunk cake. It totally would. I was thinking maybe he's just still getting ice. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the ice machine is farther away than he thought. Um, well, that would be really quite the troubles. <laughs> I like your way. <laughs> well, we hope you're well, Joe Torres. All those fancy folks in Gross Point. Yeah, tell 
tell Joe Torres we hope he's well. No troughs, but uh, Brad did dip a bucket in one. Yeah, yeah. I do like that round trough. That round trough is business. Yeah, we should get one (laughs) for the office. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I got, though, Jess. I mean... I enjoy recording a podcast with you. That's I do too. that's one thing I know. And I love you. I love you. I hope uh, you all have a great night. <laughs> <laughs> Find us on social media. We're on Instagram at Yejudecast, oh, and we have a, a <laughs> Facebook page. And you can email us at yejudecast at gmail dot com. And uh, that's all we have. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to write us a review, we would love it. Yeah. I forgot to say, I love you. Bye for now. I love you. Bye for now. And scene. End of podcast.